You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. I am your host, Nancy Ruffin, and I am super excited about this week's podcast. I'm excited because I have a special guest this week. My guest is Yvette Guzman. She is an incredible woman of faith. She is also one of the best real estate agents in the New York City tri-state area. And this week, I get to sit down with her and chat about all things love, faith, and purpose. And it's so timely as we celebrate Valentine's Day this week. And I just want to remind you that I know the day of love can be lonely for some. It can be sad for others. It can bring up you know, feelings that maybe we thought had been buried deep down inside. Uh, but wherever you are in your journey, I want you to give yourself some grace this week. And whether you're celebrating Valentine's Day with a significant other or whether you're not, then I want you to take the opportunity this Valentine's Day to love on yourself, to pour into yourself and to give yourself all of the love that you deserve because you deserve to be loved, you deserve to be happy, you deserve to thrive, you deserve all of the goodness that God has set aside for you. So I don't want you to get caught up in the commercialization of Valentine's Day and instead, you know, just sit with yourself and honor who you are, who you're becoming, and who God created you to be. So as you prepare for the Valentine's Day, just remember that we attract the love that we have within. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what that means for you. But for some, it means that there has to be a little bit more work that they have to do within themselves so that they can get to a point where they are attracting the love that they desire. Because as like I say all the time, it all ends and starts with you. So you have to give yourself the love that you're seeking from another person. Because there is a danger in believing that someone else can love you better than you can love yourself. The other person, whoever comes into your life, can only add to the love that you're giving yourself. So spend some time thinking about what that looks like for you, thinking about what it is that you truly want in a partner and what you truly desire and start doing those things for yourself. Because as you start treating yourself with more love, little by little, God will bring you the partner that is going to love you exactly like you want and exactly how you deserve. 
And for those of you who are celebrating it with a partner, make the day special for your partner as well. Like it's not always just about us, right? Ladies, like we want to make sure that our spouses um, and that our partners feel just as loved and just as appreciated. Um, So I'm going to get into this week's episode. Me and Yvette talk a lot about love and relationships and marriage. Um, So tune in. You are in for a treat this week. How are you, Yvette? I'm good, Nancy. How are you, honey? I'm good. God is good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. How are you feeling? Well, thank you for having me, but I have to admit I'm a little nervous because I've never been on a podcast before. So I'm the first. I love it. You are. You are. And I have said no to so many opportunities. Like, you have no idea. 2022 was like, 2021, 2022 was like my year of no. Like, I just said no to so many people. And um, this year, I was like, okay, I, I can't. I can't continue to keep saying no. I'm going to say yes. And then here you are. Here you show up, right? Listen, once you make the decision, God starts to send you all of the opportunities so that you could fulfill that which you have spoken into your life, which is, I, I love that you have, or that you're being intentional this year about saying yes. Mm-hmm. So before, I guess, before we get into the conversation, I want you to just introduce yourself to my listeners, to my viewers, you are, um, an incredible woman of faith. And I think that that is what, at least for me, really attracts me to you as I continue my own journey, um, you know, on my own Christ journey. I'm still a baby. Like in this, I, I was talking about this yesterday in my stories. Um, but, you know, I got saved in 2019. So I'm only, I'm a baby. I'm, I'm just learning to like crawl. So I'm really intentional about surrounding myself with women who can help me develop my faith, who can help me on the journey, because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Say that again. Uh, but yes, it doesn't yes, get easier either. What was that? And it doesn't get easier either. There's just more conviction and there's more um, authority from, you know, from, from, you right and and discipline but it doesn't get easier <laughs> no it absolutely doesn't uh, so introduce yourself uh, tell us a little bit about who is Yvette Guzman oh well so- and you can be you can provide as much detail as you want or as little like there's just there's no pressure um but you know share, share with us I guess who who you are what is it that you do um and so I will say this, um, my answer to that question was very different a couple of years ago. So I changed it to, I am the daughter to the King first. I am a wife, I'm a mother and real estate is how I make a living. Hmm. I love, love that you said real estate is how you make a living and that 
you're not a realtor or a real estate agent that you have not assigned that label. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important because so many of us walk around the world assigning labels to ourselves that are based on the things that we do versus who we are, who create, who God created us to be and like who we're ultimately becoming. And then the fact that you also prefaced it with saying that how you would describe yourself is different today than it was two years ago, I think is also important because what it shows is that we're always evolving. Right. At least least that's the hope, right? Like we don't ever want to just be one thing for the rest of our lives. Right. Well, that was the thing is that before it was like, I'm an avid entrepreneur. I've had businesses prior to real estate. It was what I loved to describe myself as is I'm an entrepreneur, I'm driven, you know, all these incredible labels that still identify who I am, right? It, it's still part of the descriptive words that that could be used to describe who I am, but it's not who encompasses Yvette, right? And I, and I, I learned just not too long ago where it's like, no, my, who I am first here on earth, the first thing, the first layer that you see is that I am the daughter to Christ first Mm. and foremost. Um, so yes, I'm a mother of two. I have, um, my daughter is in her first year in college. Um, my son is 11. He's a baseball player. Um, I've been married, just celebrated 20 years. I've been with my husband for 22 um, and, you know, and, and, and pretty much uh, growing my faith as, as much as I can um, intentionally. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Has your faith always been a priority for you throughout your life? Or was that something that became more of a priority, you know, kind of as um, you grow through life, you gain different experiences, you know, like what, I guess, what has that journey been like for you? So here's the interesting part is that I was born in the gospel. My mother's Christian. She was a born again Christian. She, she grew up Catholic and in her twenties was um, invited to, to uh, a Pentecostal church um, immediately fell in love, you know, with Christ differently. Um, and she has devoted her life to Christ ever since. So I was born in the gospel. However, I met Jesus when I turned 33. Oh, your Jesus year. And then the Jesus, and then I, I then found out that, you know, that was the Jesus year. And I was like, oh, my life, I've never heard of this. Um, but that's when I met him. So although I didn't have this, like, um, it, I, I didn't have the upbringing where it was like, you know, I had to unlearn things. And my parents, you know, my, my, my parents uh, taught me something that it wasn't right. That, that was not my case. Um, I had always known mother, the Lord. You had always known. Jesus I've always known my mother was always has always been a very a very prayerful um devoted Christian right with her flaws but that that's what I saw in my home and so it was great you know like I, I think like every person that grows up you know with the gospel is like you go through your rebellion year there's 
I always knew that there was God. God was always in my life, but I met him intimately at 33. And what was that experience like? Like, and I think it's important to talk about that because Christians, those of us that have been saved, those, you know, born again, um, we each talk about like our own personal encounter with God. And I think for those who have not had that yet, or they may wonder, well, what is that? What does that look like? What was that for you? For me, the best way that I can put it is it was literally like, you know, when you, when you're about to go to bed and you take your sabana and you go like, you know, you kind of fluff it up. So that's what it was. I, it was my darkest moment. It was my darkest year. It was what I want to call my, what I consider like my rock bottom. I know that for many people, you know, it's, it's a different definition. It maybe took some people, it wasn't so catastrophic, but for me in my life, it was, it was the thing that had to get me to my knees. Mm. If that makes any sense. Um, and I had, I had no other choice but to surrender, right? And although during that moment, what I thought it was the thing that was, you know, um, so um, huge in my life, what it all really was is to redirect my life and my, my, my eyes to Christ. I can say that now, I couldn't tell you that that's what it was while it was happening, Um but um, from that moment on, it was like, okay, ne- I will never forget. I was living in my apartment. Um, we had not purchased the house yet. So we weren't in our apartment. We were living in our apartment. I was, had, dressed, had just dropped off the kids at school. So I was back home alone. And I literally just like dropped to my knees in the middle of my living room. Like, I, like this is it. Like, I, cannot, I can no longer continue like this. And I remember... It, it was almost like an audible voice where it was like, you have to get up. Like, this is not it, mm. but you have to show up. Wow. And that to me was like, oh, because I knew, you know, this wasn't like, oh my God, I've never known that God shows up. Like I, I, I knew what it was. Like I didn't, I didn't question it. I didn't, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm not going crazy. I knew what it was. So from that moment on, it was like, okay, but you can either continue to try to maneuver your life how you want to right Mm -hmm. or you can decide that this is that moment that that this is it you're now have to intentionally walk with Christ Mm -hmm. like this is it for you so that's that was that that was my my I want to say my like aha moment you know with with God and then from there it's been freaking phenomenal and magical and it's not to say that it's been easy it's not to say that it's been you know gardens and flowers but it's been phenomenal in a way that I have been able to see God's grace God show up in my life God I mean we can sit here for freaking days you know I I love the way that you explain the visual that you got home and you just dropped to your knees because I think that that is how most of us encounter God. I'm not saying all of us, like, of course, everyone has their own experience, but I think that usually 
the moment when we become aware that we can no longer control our, our lives, that we can't will the things in our lives to happen the way that we want, right. that we, we drop down. And we, it's like that moment of surrender where we say, like, I can't do it. Right. Like, but I know that if I give it to God, we can, you know, and it's like those moments that we cry out to the Lord. And like, we see, we read it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. When we hear everybody says, you know, so-and-so cried out to the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about it, like when I read the Bible and I read that, generally, I don't put it in the context of today. It, it seems real old fashioned, like, like, well, what do they mean they cry out to the Lord? But then if I spend some time really, right, if I spend some time thinking about it, it's like when crying out to the Lord is when you say, oh my God. Or God help me say like that is what crying out to the Lord is. Like I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, and this is <laughs> it's not anything really spiritual, but right. in that moment, I swear that the, I felt like the only person that could take away my pain was like Jesus. Right. So, so uh, you know, I just moved into a new home. I'm still trying to learn the house, right? Because it's new, everything is new. I'm not really sure how things work. So I'm trying, I'm in the garage and I'm going in there. I'm looking for something. I get what I need. And because we have to, we have to fix it so that it can electronically shut. Right. We have to manually up until we can get that fixed. We have to manually open it and close it. Right. So I pull it down. And so if you know, like the garage doors, they like have grooves so that it can like bend down. Right. So I, me and my stupidity. So I put my hands like in the opening to bring it down. <laughs> and my fingers got stuck in there. Like, of course. I, just, like my, um, I have my fingers like this and the whole thing just closes and my fingers are stuck. And I, it was the worst pain, Eva that I've ever experienced and I've given birth twice and I could (laughs) that that pain of jamming my fingers was the worst pain I've ever felt and in that moment like I couldn't I couldn't get them out like I didn't know how to open it and then like I'm thinking all right if I try to pull them like I can literally break my fingers right circulation like there was so many things happening in like the matter of 15 seconds as, as I'm trying to figure in my brain how the heck am I going to get this out? Because I'm outside. My husband was inside the house in the basement and I'm just screaming to the top of my lungs. I'm like, like you would think that I was getting like attacked, but no one heard me. My husband did. So like, I'm like, okay, nobody's coming to save you right now, girl. You need to figure it out. So like my quick thinking, I said, well, let me try to shove the damn door back up to release it. So I, it's like, I bent my knees and I went back up and I like shoved it up my fingers released but okay once I got them out that is when I felt the freaking pain when I tell you that I was crying and screaming like screeching in pain you would think that somebody was killing me because it was so my god bad and in that moment I'm saying god please and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling him all the names, like, please, like, take away this pain. Because in that moment, it was like, the only person that can take this away is God Almighty. Like, he's the only one that could come and release it. 
And then my poor husband, he finally hears the commotion. He's like, what happened? And then now I can laugh about it. Right. But like the week before, the same thing had happened to my husband and he told me, right? But I guess it didn't register. I didn't think about it. So me and my- Oh my God. That the same thing happened to me. But he's like, oh my God, I know, I know exactly how happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I think to say that when we have reached like the threshold yeah. of pain that we can tolerate in our life or the chaos that we, we can't go no more, like the one we call out to is God. Mm-hmm. And I think that for anyone who is struggling right now in their own journey or in their own faith or wondering, well, when am I going to have my own personal encounter with God? Like you're going to know because it's going to be the moment where, you know, you can't do it by yourself anymore. Right. Right. And and sometimes, you know, sometimes is not this like huge monumental glamorous experience. Sometimes it comes in, in those little like quiet moments, you know, but for the ones like myself that are a little bit on the stubborn side, right? And the ones that think that you know it all, you you're intelligent, like you you got this, like you know you're on top of the world. Sometimes we are the ones that need to be brought down to the to knees. Our knees, right? Because it's going to be the only way yeah. that you're gonna come to his feet, right? So. For me, that was my experience. And, you know, as, as time has, has gone, you know, faith grows stronger, it matures, you know? Um, so that for, for me, that was my experience. And so you said you've been married for 20 years, like that's incredible. Congratulations on that. I know what it takes to make <laughs> a, a marriage last Thank that you. long. Um, is your husband also on the same faith journey? Have you guys grown together in that area? So it's interesting because my husband grew up um, in the Catholic um, church in terms of, it's not that his family is, you know, devoted Catholics. It's more so traditional, culturally, you go to church, you know. I think we, him and I were probably raised the, the same as it relates to religion and right you know you do your communion you do you know all the sacraments whatever the yeah the sacraments you go to church on father's day mother's day easter yeah it's there's never been um a um lack of relationship with god it's just it's 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 different right um however he is the person that he's never said no to me like let's go to church or if I said, hey, listen, I just saw this sermon. Can we watch it? He's mm-hmm. always there. Um, he's always open. He's asked questions. But there's this, this beautiful, which is, I feel like the older we get, the more, I hate that I'm going to say this because I feel like now he's going to use this against me. Like, just like the more obsessed I am with him, like the more, <laughs> the more like in love I, I am because I see how much space he gives me and I see how much he just allows right like allows to be and with that he's never 
um, judged. He's never made me feel like, oh, not because you're Christian or not because you're, you know, you're following. Never. That's never been the case. So to answer your question, question like yes or no, right? Like, yes, he's always there. No, like he, it's not like he's been baptized and he's, you know, but he's never been opposed to I think the conversation. My husband, they're very similar, very, like in, in that same exact way. Yeah. My husband is a Catholic school boy. Like he went to Catholic high schools, um, grew up Catholic in the same sense, like, as you said, as, as your husband, mm-hmm. um, but like you, like he has really given me the space yeah. to explore my own faith and grow in it. Right. And like, you know, I do a lot. I'm in so many things, even with the Bible study that, I, that, you know, that you're a part of every week, it's like the one hour commitment to the meeting, but then it's all the other prep work that happens before that. Like he's always just, um, there, there. just there, you know, and it's, you don't really realize it. And this is how, this is the beauty of maturing in your marriage, right? Like this is the beauty of making it to the other side is that you've passed those years of, you know, your tit for tat, your, um, your immature arguments, right? Your um, differences in, in raising children, your like all those things, like once you pass that and you graduate from that and now you step into like the mature relationship, it is something that is phenomenal I would agree phenomenal you know and and not to say that and not to say that it's perfect because I don't want people to 100 percent but even in in in, with all the flaws in that the arguments become so much less and then it's like so insignificant like right we don't even argue. There's just things that might annoy me about him or that I do that annoy him, but it's like also those are the things that I love. Right. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. And yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes I feel, um, like I don't say enough to him where it's like, like, dude, I appreciate you. Like you, you literally let me live you know, and, and he's, he's, he's quiet. He's reserved. He's not the outspoken one. You see him and I, and you're like, wow, like this was the human God had for me a hundred percent without a doubt, without a doubt. And it's interesting because, um, uh, when, when the day of our anniversary, my daughter goes to me, you know, like, how do you feel like mom? Like that's, that's a long time. Like you've been with him more than you were with grandma. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, I appreciate your dad's like um, patience with me. And I appreciate that he's just always there. And she's like, she said it like pretty uh, nonchalantly, like just by passing. She's like, of course, I mean, mom, like, like you're, you're always all over the place and doing a thousand and one things at a time. Like dad is your human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like, I don't tell him enough. Um, but uh yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice to be on this side. <laughs> Let me ask you, how, how do you get past the hard, mo- hard moments to get to this side? And I want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, Valentine's Day is this week. And I know that so many people, um, either they long for love or they want, you know, to make their current relationships better and stronger. They may not have the tools 
or the language to even use to start working towards getting to the other side. Because sometimes when you're in the hard moment, the other side, you can't even see it. Oh yeah, it's so far. It's so far. Um, This may not sit well with many people. And it may for you. And that's what I'm saying. Like what worked for you? Yeah. And it's it's probably it's a very controversial topic just because in the in the life and space in which we live today. But simply put, it is very clear in my home what our gender roles are. Mm. Very clear. Um and I do believe that although I am a strong woman, I am outspoken, I am driven, I um, I am in an industry where, where, where it is male dominant. I am sitting in rooms where it's sometimes only men, but I am a woman in my home. You are tuned in to the Women of Faith podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Mm. I allow my husband to be the man and I am the woman in my home. I am not doing his job for him. Whether I see him doing it right, whether I see him doing it wrong, whether I agree, whether I disagree, I let him drive this family. And although I, I, I know that in today's world, we live in this, you know, how do I Women want to, and I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I w- would say is that I think every marriage is different. And so, so with that said, you know what works for your marriage and you honor that. Mm-hmm. And you understand it. And so does he. And I think that so, so often what we find in relationships is that people don't understand their role in the relationship, mm-hmm. regardless of what that may be, whether it is adhering to traditional gender roles and then you play your role, you know, based on what you have um, developed in your relationship or whether it's different. Like in my marriage, um, I wouldn't say it's 50, 50, because there's no way it can always ever, 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 equal. ever. we don't necessarily, I mean, there are things that like he will do because he's the man, you know, um, like I don't like taking out the trash. So you go take out the garbage. I mean, are there times where I may do it? Yeah. But it's like, that's fine. Um, but also, now, because my schedule is a little bit more that allows me to work from home, mm-hmm. we we split the cooking. There were times when I was going into the office every day. He was home first. Mm-hmm. So because he was home, it just makes sense. You get dinner started. And then when I get home, I'll wash dishes, you know. So we yeah, well, there's there's the, 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 the part right there, marriage. Yeah, but that right there is him taking care of his home. Yes. It's not, yeah. I'm, I'm doing my wife a favor. It's he's taking care of his home. Yes. What I mean um, by gender roles is it, it, it passes 
the cooking and cleaning and, and he, it, it passes it, it goes way saying. past that you, you let know? him be you let him be the man I let him be the man and I don't cripple yeah. him yeah. I don't cripple him and I don't judge him and I'm not on his excuse my language his shit because yeah. he's not doing things the way it 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 appeases me you know and I think that in today's culture we've crippled our men right but then we also want him to show up right. you know so it's yeah. either like which which yeah. one are we choosing so I for agree. me for me how did I get to the other side is understanding we both understand each other we both understand what is our um what we contribute to our home what we contribute to our kids um and then what we contribute to each other yes. you know also the response the responsibility that comes with being a husband and a father and then the responsibility that comes with being a wife and a mother right they're two separate roles so a husband can't be a wife right, <laughs> right? and vice versa and I think that that's what you're saying like so eloquently as far as what's helped you to get to the other side and I would have to agree because from my own personal experience, me and my husband, we struggled so much very early on in our relationship because I did not understand what, I didn't understand what role I was supposed to play of course, in, in my marriage and as a wife. And what I mean is that when in my household, growing up with my parents, they were very like traditional it was machismo, like in my house, my father was a traditional, or is, because he's still alive, you know, God bless him, but he's a traditional, you know, Latino man. Mm -hmm. He expects, you know, to be catered on hands and foot. Um, the, the woman is the one that cooks, <laughs> cleans, and he's the one that goes out and he earns the money. You know, that was, that was how- That was that generation. Ran, right, that was how he ran the household. And so my mother also, like, she had to ask permission for things if she wanted money. Like, he controlled the money because he was the one that was working. Mm -hmm. It was those things. Right. And those things worked for them and their marriage. But now here I am, a young girl, trying to figure out what that means. Me as a, as a young wife, being raised in this household, seeing how my mom was being a wife, but then also being taught by my dad well, I don't want you to be like your mom. I want you to be independent. I don't want you to have to rely on any man to take care of you, make sure you crazy? go to school. Yeah, so, and it's crazy. That's exactly what it was because what I was seeing and what I was being told were so contradictory that when I got married, I was like, what the heck what am, am I doing? Do? Am I supposed to take care of my husband? Should I not take care of him? Like, should I cook? Am I submitting? Like, I just, Am I cooking? Am I serving? Am I, I not I serving? Was, I was so confused and it caused so much, so many problems in our marriage. And then him too, because now he comes into the marriage with his own experiences, you know, and his parents are still together. They've had a long marriage and relationship. So he's coming in with whatever he's learned and seen from his, right. from his parents. And we're trying to figure it out and yeah. we're making a mess. Right. It was horrible. Right. But I would agree that once we said, wait a minute, we need to do this for ourselves and define what we want our marriage to be. 
that was when things started to change. That was when we started to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel to get us to like what you say to the other side. Yeah, and that's commitment. That's commitment because that goes way, way past love. Yes. It's commitment. Yes. It's not like, okay, it's right. not. It's not, and it's not enough. It's and not enough. Talk, and you know, sometimes you don't feel like you love your partner. A hundred percent. And I want to just be real about that. There are moments when I was like, why did I even get married? Uh-huh. You know, like sometimes, and not to say that the love isn't there. It's just to say that sometimes you don't feel like you love them. That's why it's so important to be able to discern your feelings. Mm-hmm. The things that you always feel are not necessarily facts. It's not always true. You might feel something in the moment that's not based on anything other than your anger, your frustration. Maybe you feel like you're not being heard or appreciated. Mm-hmm. And that can make you feel a certain way. But when you step back from that and you allow yourself to calm down and you get release the anger and all those emotions mm-hmm. that you were feeling, you understand, no, oh, I really do love this person because you're not allowing the heat of the moment to convince your brain that your heart is feeling something that it really isn't feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think, go ahead, yeah. No, no, I was going to say, there's the evidence of marriage will never be 50-50, ever, ever. There are seasons in which one is carrying more than the other. And there are other seasons that one is carrying for the both of us. Yeah. Just get us through. But where there's that commitment that is where you're able to thrive. That's where you see your marriage completely, you know, blossom and 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 turn into something unimaginable, right? Because I'm pretty sure we've been together. We both have similar years in our in our relationships. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you can attest that you didn't know that you were going to make it to this. Girl, no, just this morning, just this morning, we're laying in bed and my husband is like, you know, our life is so good. He's like, do you believe it? Yeah, I said, you know what? I believe it now because we're here. Wow. But there were times when I didn't believe it, you know, and he says the same thing that there were moments where he wondered if we would ever get to the place where we are right now. And, you know, it, to me, it's just the grace of God. Amen. Because honestly, on our own, we could have never made it to the other side. Because we almost didn't, but it was like what you said, we, it was the commitment that made us stay. And I just want to be like, really honest. We did everything. We went to marriage counseling. We did therapy through our church. We had conversations with other married people. Like we really did it. And we did our own individual work because a lot of times we have to work through our own traumas that we don't even realize our traumas because we don't, we've never spent the time to really dissect why we think the things that we think, why we act certain ways, what oh our triggers God, are. 100%. Because all of those things you bring to your relationship. Let me tell you something. There was um, a season in our life where just like, this is where you and I connected, by the way. Oh, these are so. Yeah, we're gonna connect to that too. Like, like how we connected. Um, you know, where we were gonna call it quits. 
you know, and the sad part about that is, and this is where God has showed up that this is where there, there, there's, there will never be anything that will ever make me believe that there is no God, because there is no way that we would have gone through it without him. But there was a time in which we were going to call it quits. And, and, and I was okay with it, which was probably the worst thing of it all. Right. Um, Anyway, that's to say that when we went to therapy, one of the things that was brought up is how much I said, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. It just blew my mind that this was like the one thing that was, because I'm like, I remember there were other words that I've used, right? That were probably hurtful for me that, that um, had more weight in, 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 in hurt, right? But for him, it was you continuously saying you don't need me. Then what are we doing? Right. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, hold on. Then I, then I had to go to therapy on my own. Then that's when my, you know, um, journey began into why do I behave the way that I behave? And why do I choose to say these words because they're not just coming out of thin air there's a reason why I'm saying the things that I'm saying and you know it it came to show why I I grew up in a family where the women in my life were independent entrepreneurs strong women that didn't have that support from a male figure seeing that it was like wow I didn't have that example of that marriage where and you internalized in your mind that you didn't need a man because why would you need a man like you could do it by yourself and you've seen in your family all these amazing incredible women do it on their own but I love that you share that because I think a lot of people when they're in dysfunctional relationships or when their relationship isn't going the way that they want it to go they immediately just blame their partner and the thing that their partner you know things that their partners aren't doing Mm -hmm. or or are doing and sometimes we have to step back and also look well how am I contributing right the dysfunction in this relationship by the way that I show up by my actions by the things that I'm saying because it takes two and if you're if you're treating your partner a certain way, then the partner is not going to have any recourse but to respond to how they're being treated, whether that's good in a good way or in a not so good way. So being able to work through our own things it are, is so important to establishing healthy relationships. And I think that that's true for any relationship, whether it's your marriage, whether it's friendships, whether it's your relationship with your children. You yourself have to be healthy first. Mm-hmm. You have to have a healthy relationship with yourself and understand yourself before you can even step into a relationship with someone else and have expectations of them that you yourself have not even risen to within your own mm-hmm. relationship with yourself. You know, my father um, didn't teach me many things, but there are very few things that have always like stuck with me. And he would always say, be careful where you point your finger to be very careful because while you're pointing one, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So be very careful. Edit yourself, correct yourself. See before you open your mouth, what, where was your contribution in, mm. in this situation? And 
although I should have listened to that, right? <laughs> Early on, it is now obviously that it's like, oh, duh. That makes it's, sense. it's that you know what? We also have to be ready. Right. We have to be ready to, to learn it, right? It, it, like, it's like that saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. You have to be in a space in your life where you can receive mm-hmm. a lesson or the message that is being spoken to you. Because if you're not ready, you're going to resist it. And it doesn't matter who says it to you. It doesn't matter what's happening. You're automatically going to have a wall that is not going to allow for that message or that lesson, you know, to filter through mm-hmm. to, to where you need it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I just, I love having these kinds of conversations with women who have gone through it. Mm-hmm. You know, so often, whether it's on social media, whether it's like on TV, you hear, you know, I always cringe when I hear people say that they're relationship experts and they're not in relationships. Mm-hmm. How are you an expert if you yourself are not even in a relationship? Or you can teach people, it's like, what hasn't worked? <laughs> right. How can you coach someone right. and having right. a healthy, successful relationship right. when you don't have one? Mm-hmm. Also, I have an issue with the term expert anyway. Like mm-hmm. I, I hate the word expert because it gives off this, this thing where it's like, you know it all. Mm-hmm. And no one like knows. Unless you're 90, right? Because yes, I, right. I want to listen to these people that are in their 80s. Like I if you if you search like YouTube and you'll search like advice from an 85 year old from it's just it's wisdom right but if you're 30 not to you know take away your or discredit your you know educational background because this let's be honest this is what it is um we're not trying to hear we're not trying to call you we don't want to hear you (laughs) yeah (laughs) you haven't gone through enough things and then it's true because when you think about just life in terms of age, right? I always say when you, from the minute you're born to like about 20, you don't know anything. I mean, even at 20, you don't know anything, right? I feel like we really start to get our education like from 21 and onward. Like up until that age, you're still really a toddler, like a baby. You haven't gone through anything. Your parents have been taking care of you. Right. Haven't had to pay bills for the most, like the, the, for the most part. There's, I think, you know, the outliers, the very few, because of whatever cards life have dealt them, they have a different path. But for the most part, up until 21, mm-hmm. you are under your parents' thumb. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from 20 to 30, you're getting to learn yourself a little bit. You're you're exploring your independence because now you can go out there, you can do whatever you want. You don't have your parents hovering over you. You become responsible for yourself. That by 30, you will hope that you have now become a little bit more serious about your life. You start to kind of think about the future. What do you want? But like I say all that, together. like at 30, even 40, you still don't know a lot. There's not that much you know yet. Even me now at 45, like I, I, when I turned 40, I say that that was like my best year because at that age was when I felt my most confident, like at that age, that all the time I hear that is the most common used phrase and especially women. It's like when I turned 40, that's when it was really like, okay, I've arrived. 
that yeah it is and it, I don't know what it is but it's like you know who you are for the most part you're not easily swayed by what other people say as a, you don't even care what people say about you like you have really grown into accepting yourself as you are and there's so much freedom in that but even in that like I'm still learning so many different things about myself at 45 you're like as, what yes I'm as a woman as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, it's just incredible, you know, so like we go through life, you know, clocking the years and mm -hmm. our age. And for me, it's like every day that I get to live is a bonus. Like I want to grow old. I don't want to deny my age. I don't want to be embarrassed of how old I am because okay. every year that we're alive is a gift that God has given us to do more, to be present, to live, to serve, you know, to just to thrive. And I know you recently turned 40, right? 39. 39. I'm sorry. I'm confusing you with somebody. Somebody just recently, somebody I just recently. I turned 40 in April. 40. Oh, so you're going to be 40. This is what I was telling you. April 15th is the um, yes. sisterhood, I think. The conference. Women's conference. Yes, yes, yes. And that's your birthday. That's, that's what birthday. it was. Okay, yeah. right. Not that you're 40, but yeah, you told me you're going to turn yeah. 40. Oh, girl, exactly. you're, it's going to be incredible. I know, I know. It's something that just happens. It's like the switch just flips as soon as you hit 40. And, it's, and it, it gets better. Life gets better the older that you get. I agree. I agree. I agree. And I think it's, is also in the getting to know yourself, right? Like there's, there's the world is so big when you're in your twenties and then it just starts, you know, kind of like getting smaller and smaller in the sense of that you are now more comfortable with yourself. You have your non-negotiables, yeah. you have grown into who you want to be. You you're stepping into, you know, the woman you want to be. And I think that that's where the, the magic happens, right? Because now it's like, you know, what it is that you're expecting of yourself in the world that you're living. Um, and I think it comes with age because yeah, you don't have to deal with, you know, everything else. And you don't care. And then if and also, you know, once I feel like by the time you're in your forties, for the most part, you've gotten a good grip on your life, right? As far as like your relationship is going the way that you want it to go, um, your relationship with your kids, has already been established, your career, like all of those things. And then also you have no tolerance for nonsense. Yeah. That concludes this week's episode. My conversation with Yvette was so robust. We had so many things that we discussed that we just could not fit it all into one episode. So make sure that you tune in next week for part two of my conversation with Yvette Guzman. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed, that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do, and that you never forget that you were created for more.